while in Reykjavik, two English tourists visit a restaurant. Hello, my name is Rosman Rosmanson. I'm your waiter. What can I get you this evening? How much is a beer? And a bowl of soup. One thousand Icelandic krona for half a litre. Right, one thousand. Blimey, that's a fiver! What about the bowl of soup? Certainly, sir. What kind of soup would you like? We have whale soup, puffin soup, herring soup, cold herring soup, pickled herring soup, curried herring soup, fermented herring soup, salted herring soup, herring tail soup, herring head soup, green herring soup, red herring soup, or leek and potato soup. Leek and potato, please. Okay, sir. Would you like me to put a herring on it? Oh, go on then. Just a sprinkling. Right, so how much is it for two bowls of soup? That's 50,000 Icelandic krona. 50,000 krona? But that's nearly, that's nearly 250 quid. 250 quid for two bowls of soup? Oh no sir, that's the price for one bowl of soup. Two bowls of soup would be, well, twice that amount. This is ridiculous. You think that's ridiculous? I tell you what's ridiculous. You doing this sketch, you're basically only got one joke. Everything is so expensive in Iceland. Oh, how original, how insightful. Thank you so much for your also original take on Icelandic culture. I mean, really, is that it? Is that all you've got to say about our entire nation? Oh, why does everything cost so much? I'll tell you why. We make it expensive to dissuade many people like you from visiting our beautiful, sparsely populated country. Good point. But I still can't afford to eat anything in here. I'll just eat these little white squares you've kindly provided in the bowl on the table. Yes, and I think I'll just eat this piece of card with a list of available food on it. I see, sir. So your order is then sugar cubes and eat the menu.
Chester, you're listening to the Trust the Wizards podcast, catalogue number 51. 051. TTW 051. My name's Rebel Rickett, I'm the, the erstwhile horse, the clueless presenter. I don't think you're erstwhile, I think, it, I think it's very much present. What does erstwhile mean? Former. Good, okay. <laughs> that, that's definitely not me then. And I'm joined by my fellow wizards, the wizard-in-chief, Mr Kicker of Elves. Good evening. And of course, the one and only, the music impresario, the most knowledgeable of us all, I'm sure you'd agree. Uh, yeah. This is Sharitha Garbanzo. Hello. Yeah. yeah. And that was uh, um, Paul Hartnell mm. uh, with the track Simple Sounds from his 2007 album, The Ideal Condition, which is our t- instrumentally mental uh, feature to, for this podcast. Yeah, just to help the listener out, mm. each podcast there is an instrumental section mm. and, and, and Sharitha slipped it in <laughs> very early. Hey, you're just instrumental. Okay, so uh, here we're going to have a song from the artist Hazel Winter, and this is a song from her fourth solo album, which is called Dusting for Prince, which came out in 2013, and it's basically an album with her and John Langley, who you probably know from uh, Blue Aeroplanes drummer. Oh, right. Um, And I didn't realise that Hazel Winter actually also appeared on a a couple of Blue Aeroplanes songs, um, Broken and the Mended EP. Right. Um... Anyway, uh, this this album you can get through her website, hazelwinter.co.uk, and uh, it's worth getting, if not, for nothing else, uh, there's a review of this from Hazel's dad. Oh, right. Uh, Is that Edgar Winter? <laughs> well, I think probably not. No. But, but, yeah. but I don't know the Jeff Winter, it. the premiership ref, perhaps? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, the, the review in full is, Your mother and I can't hear the lyrics. Ah. Um, now, as as reviews go, you know that's right up there, I think. It's, and and the lyrics it's not are negative necessarily. It's the, not negative. the lyrics are worth listening to, though. Uh, there's also an incredible video that goes along with this, which suggests that you can brush your teeth in a very aggressive manner. So this is and play drums in the bath. Yes, yeah. Indeed. Play, uh, yeah. That's not a euphemism. Um, so this is Hazel Winter with Y D F L M. Siren songs pulling me back. 
backwards, pulling me backwards, taking me down.
That was Magical Breath by Smile Down Upon Us uh, from their album, Smile Down Upon Us, uh, released on Where It's At, Where You Are Records. Uh, you can get that from wiaiwya.bandcamp.com. <laughs> and if you got through uh, that. Yeah, um, <laughs> Smile Down Upon Us are a duo. Are they uh, Japanese at all? Um, well, one of them is. Oh. Uh, singer uh, Moomlu. Oh, yeah. Moomlu. M. Double O M, L double O, but importantly, the L is capitalised. Okay. The the M at the start is not. Okay. So Moomlu with a capital L in the mid in the middle. Excellent. Well played. Uh, and uh, does she play the yeah, recorder? Uh, she sings. Oh. And I, I think she does some of the twiddly bits. There was a, a, a flute or something a there, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and um, a guy called Kieran Phelan. Oh. Yeah. The Kieran Phelan and and Moomlu. And, yeah. uh, and I like that very much, and uh, and I went to, to find out when I went to that website that you just mentioned yes. very, very slowly there. I've, did, I've got the album, it's very good. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah. It's got a song on it called Millwall. It has, which it doesn't appear <laughs> to have any... I very nearly put Millwall on here, but it was... It was Are they, uh, they Millwall not, fans? Is this the deal? Is, is, well, is I, support, don't know. Supporting, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it doesn't seem South to be... South Bermondsey's... Doesn't seem, sure. to be, doesn't seem to be related to to the Millwall mill anyway. It's not about but, that. But, but mm. talking of that, have you? Know, I, I'm pleased to hear that you pronounce. We'll be coming on to a quite a famous Millwall supporter later on. Mm. But I'm pleased to hear that you pronounced it as Millwall and not Millwall, because quite a few people seem to, especially people who support Millwall, Millwall seem to put the emphasis on the wall bit rather than the mill bit. I find that quite out. I've, no, I've not yeah. heard to say Millwall. this word. Which is Millwall. the most hated club in the championship? Oh, no, that's, that's Milton Keynes, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Millwall. 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 It annoys me in the Millwall. same Millwall. In the same way that people who aren't from Newcastle, Newcastle, who pronounce it as Newcastle. Yeah. No, that's not how it. No, it's you no. Know, you wouldn't say I'm going to Windsor Castle, would you? If you don't come from the north, you would say I'm going to Windsor Castle. So no, nobody yeah. would say I'm going to Windsor Castle. That's not what I said, though, is it? No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, that, that, so that, that. that was half Japanese then, but it wasn't half Japanese. Well, it was, yeah, yeah the half, 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 half Japanese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very good. Like, yeah. Like that. And, and Haze, Hazel Winter. Oh yes. What? That's a remarkable. <laughs> isn't it? It's a remarkable song. Yeah. Don't get upset about it. Yeah. Um, you, you get down to her level but yeah. I, I, utterly brilliant again yeah. you list it just once and it's so powerful it's, and it's yeah. so but, but brilliant in it's invention mm. I, I can I, I think what she's talking about mm. I think mm. is I think probably well let's say her character uh, I think they've been betrayed in love mm. uh, and she's trying to move on to more mundane thoughts and yet she cannot escape the fact that exploding through her brain is the sense of betrayal and rejection mm-hmm. uh, that is just boiling anger. So she's trying to focus on mundane things mm. and it's not working. No. And it, it, but it's totally believable. Yeah. And so, but then some of the concepts she, she enters into about, I wanted to do my research and, and try to get into Cafe Nero and see if they do actually chain down the cancer tins. Yeah. And if they don't, so does that mean I live in a nicer road than she lives in? Uh. Right. Yeah. And what did you find out? What, was, find what was the didn't, results of your experiment? Didn't get that. I was trying, I'm trying to remember. I tend to go to Starbucks, sadly enough. Mm. Uh, and I, I, it has a collection tin there. And I think it is, but it's not chained down. Right. <laughs> it is tied to something. It's tied. Not down. That I've tried to run away with it. 
Yeah, no, I like the bit where she's presumably get, trying to get on the seven bridge or something, and there's a bit about um, you know don't, if you abuse the man, you in the box, box. yeah, you, we're not going to let you into Wales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that Brilliant. Was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I actually went to the Slimbridge Wildfowl Trust website just thinking, I wonder if that exists, and it's Downey Duckling Day because that's another thing. I, I think it's and, and, and the the vitriol in it <laughs> sounds that it's a woman who's had children with this miscreant yes. who's been left in the lurch. And they're left to go around all these, these, you know, and, and keep their kids interested. Although you, you the say he's the miscreant. You say he's the miscreant. If you look on the, the, this is the little booklet that comes in the CD. If you look at the picture on the back, I think you'll see that she's done time. <laughs> she's going to prison. Yeah. Isn't she? <laughs> yeah. That's a, like a you know usual suspect style mugshot of her there. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, I have you seen any of the stuff, the bleak blog that she's got on YouTube? It's no. a series of videos of her. Um, singing songs yeah. and and it's all quite bleak um, you know and and there's one called um, I'm scared of the pig at the city farm which I'm, I'm it's a good really, I enjoyed that one a lot and there's another one called transvaginal scan which is about her going for some gynecological examination right. uh, in which she plays um, the guitar but you know how in that one she plays it. Uh, and does yeah, she play slide, it on the slide? Yeah. I think. I think on slide, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in this, she Bottle uses neck. she use people use all kinds of different things. Oh dear. As, as Where are you slide. going with this? Uh, I've seen people use coke cans and um. bottles and bottlenecks. She uses a, a vibrator. A vibrator. That was yeah. Right. And, and in fact, <laughs> just looking at the inside cover of this CD, on the top of her guitar amp are various things that you could use as a slide, including the vibrator, mm. uh, a pair of pliers, a screwdriver. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that is. I think that's a that's an um, um, extension lead, mains extension lead. I think what there's some keys on there. And there's a, bizarrely there's an actual guitar slide there as well. <laughs> what do you yeah. need that for? For fuck's sake! Didn't, yeah. you, didn't even need to use a vibrator. <laughs> yeah, still but, but I, mean, I haven't even watched all those things in the bleak blog. I think there's about 15 videos there, yeah. and they're awesome. Yeah, quite a discovery. Yes, quite a discovery. Yes, yeah, but, no, but, well worth. To. But there again, that, that video, the fantastic, iconic, I would say, video of her brushing her teeth. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, yeah. And then bursting out into the, let's call it the chorus <laughs> yes. yeah, of, of this song, followed by another man in a bath. Yeah, uh, the drummer playing, playing the, the drums. And he plays various percussion instruments in the bath. Yeah, and he hits the water when he's miming the drums. I quite yeah. like that. There's a nice touch there. Yeah. Where's she been all my life? That's what I need to know. Okay, the next song we're going to play. Uh, is is a song from a TV series, um, or sort of from a TV series, inspired by a TV series, shall we say. Uh, and the TV series is, is sort of close to my heart, because in 1990, when I took a job which had a mere commute of a minimum of an hour and a quarter <laughs> each way... Um, uh, Another uh, life decision that yeah. went particularly well. <laughs> Another really good life decision. Uh, but I was assisted because on the first day, uh, a lady came on the radio and said, "And here's uh, The Morning Edition with Danny Baker. Someone I've, ne- I've never really heard of, so I had no prejudices, and I think many other people did. Uh, and he was absolutely hilarious. And so then for, must have been three years, I, for an hour and a quarter, or sometimes longer, every morning, listened to Danny Baker telling these amazing stories, and, you know, with his own strangely proletarian sort of twist on things. Uh, and then, of course, he went on to do Six or Six, uh, and even more shall we say, controversial and confrontational uh, football telephone-ins. Uh, he got fired from the BBC at least three times. Uh, I followed him onto talk radio, doing uh, Baker and Kelly up front, a, a football phone-in, the like of which you will never hear again. <laughs> um, 
you know, in, in interviewing a woman who was having an affair with several premiership footballs all at the same time, just after she'd done it. Things like that, just brilliant stuff. Uh, and of course he worked with uh, Chris Evans on TFI Friday, uh, and then came back onto Radio 1, and then he did the All Day Breakfast Show, which yes. is a podcast that we followed for a couple of years, yeah. uh, and I was in the elite Republican Guard of the, of the show, if you remember. I think you got into the Guard... Yeah, I was only in the guard, but I, th- I think I was... Did I not get on that programme? I had to be read out on that programme? Yes, you did. Was it Suitcase? I... It was... No, I'll tell you what it was. It was it was doing that thing where you had to uh, change the names of footballers. Into Chinese uh, menu recipes. Yeah, but, and I sent in the suitcase. You so, did, yeah. So, so, so it was the Liverpool squad, 1-24, became the... The names on the suitcase. That's right. Or yeah. the, the made-up guided by voices names. I mean, uh, you, you can see why we loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think you're right in saying there's a scene running through all those shows of stories from his his youth mm. and stories that pop up. And to be fair, one or two of the stories I've heard more than once from sort of different perspectives, but incredibly funny. And particularly the stories about his dad and the stories about his youth in Bermondsey, is it? Mm. Uh, yeah. So when um, when the book came out, he wrote, he's written two memoirs now, uh, both of which I've read which again are just wonderful and, and was what I didn't really appreciate when I first listened to him was that not only did you have this rich sort of history of uh, Millwall and all that sort of stuff but actually he was right there in 1977 co-writing Sniffing Glue the fanzine mm-hmm. uh, being in the, the the reception of the enemy then to want to be a writer with the enemy so he was, he was right there in the, in the centre of the musical hubbub shall we say so a tremendous interesting fella so when Craig Cradle to the Grave came out, uh, would be about three or four months ago now, which is a, a, a sitcom based on these memoirs. Uh, and loosely based, I think you'd have to say. Well, definitely loosely based, because I don't know if you remember, the, the, the first one is a story that someone rang into the show and told the story of going to a very sort of posh party for a husband's uh, boss at work and the chief executive, so they had, they had the first dance. Uh, and so his wife, thinking it's the first one that everyone's going to get on the dance floor, and she saw the, the boss and the boss's wife go up, and her, no one else followed her, not knowing what to do, they got together for the first dance, and she just reached them, put her arms around both of them, <laughs> and just walked around with them, <laughs> looking at her husband going, get me out of here. <laughs> and that became his, his mum. Yeah. <laughs> Which obviously, that wasn't that true. Wasn't true but there was some, there's loads of other great stories, like when um, his, one of his friends le- lent his best trousers to another friend, who then died tragically in this like derelict house they all played in, fell through the floor, died. Uh, and then, so they, they all turn up the, the, the funeral, not knowing how to feel and what to do and just feeling uncomfortable. And they get up to the coffin and his friend sees that the corpse, his dead friend, is wearing his best trousers and he burst out crying because <laughs> he was never going to see them again. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a brilliant... It's, I don't know what you felt, but I think it was done really well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And, and I wasn't... Con- Completely sure how Peter Kay was going to be play, playing, yeah. in, in effect, Danny, Danny Baker's dad. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously very funny. Yeah. And, and, but I thought he was great. I thought he was really good. I thought that the, all the characters were good. The, the actor playing Danny Baker was fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah. It was it was very warm. Uh, it wasn't laugh out loud all the time, but no. it, but it was a really enjoyable watch. Well, and it has the the great thing about it is it. The, the way that Danny Baker was so good because it was intelligent and also the, there's a seam of tragedy running through it because you know mm. his dad is, is the mm. phenomenal character the dominant character in the whole thing yet he's battling against uh, his his history in the docks he's worked in the docks all his life yeah. he's you know he, he's obsessed with scope as this yeah. job got scope i.e. 
can I rob stuff off it? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are the people that can, are the accommodating people? <laughs> yeah. Will they join in with the robbing of it? Yeah. And so his whole culture is under threat because the docks are becoming more. Well, they're trying to shut them down, basically, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And he's a big union fan. He will never sell out, but he, he does. Has, he does, has to yeah. sell. It. He does sell it. Yeah. It breaks him, doesn't it? Yeah. And so that 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 hangs over the drama really well. I think mm. so you've got these incredibly funny stories, but then all the while there's this looming progression. That life can't go on like this, yeah. and, and you know no, it's a real trouble. But I mean, it's very well done in the sense that you know it's it's, it's our childhood, isn't it? In a, in a way, this is set in the seventies, yeah. yeah. and you know, and it's unapologetic. And, and no, absolutely. But it, but it was it, so many things that you recognise from the you know the bikes that are going around yeah. and the clothes are really well done, and just the you know the records that everyone's sharing and, and lending each other and yeah. and all that sort of stuff, which which you know it's. it's and, and, part and, of our history too isn't it and I think it's very easy to relate to and that's why I picked this song because uh, the, the album's it's, got, it's actually Squeeze makes some great good pop records don't they and, well, and, and this, is a good, this is a good return to form I, I think what, that Squeeze are the ideal band to do this because not only are they geographically from the same part of the world they we went to school as, together as, as, uh, didn't they Mm. Did they? Uh, well, well, at least one of them went to school with. Uh, I'm, I'm agreeing. I've got no idea. Uh, no, no, no. Um, not not Glenn Tolbrook, the other fella. Differed. Christopher. Christopher. Right? Christopher it was, oh, right. it was yeah. in, the same, in the same school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, they they have um, uh, you know they they have a, a, a record. Christopher's got a record of he writes some very good lyrics about growing up. Uh, did we play the electric train? Electric train. Did we played play, yeah. that on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's one, but there's others from, especially from round about the era of some fantastic place and ridiculous yeah. and, and Frank and those albums. There's some really good songs about about growing up and being a teenager, and he, he writes about that really well. And and, and and I actually haven't seen all the TV shows. I've seen about three episodes, and they're not next to each other. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, so I but you know it's not. It's not the wire. You're not going to miss. <laughs> you're not going to completely lose track of where it's going no. because you've missed a couple of episodes. So I get, I, you know, I get the gist. I thought uh, I agree. Peter Kay, excellent. The story's great. Um, I especially like Simon Day as the as the you know the criminal hiding <laughs> hiding in his sister's yeah. attic for yeah. fourteen months. Gets a four month uh, prison sentence and hides for fourteen yeah, months. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, it, well, I love Simon Day anyway, but but he was very good. But the uh, the album was fantastic. The album works. I've been listening to the album without having seen the TV oh, right. show mainly, and it works very, very well. I don't uh, think it was all written for the TV show. I think, from what I understand, was was that they Danny Baker approached presumably Chris Difford, but, but yeah. I don't know, uh, with the title track in mind, yeah. um, and that inspired them to re to write more yeah. songs. I, don't, I think yeah. the rest of it is it's not related to the. Well, film. I think some of the lyrics are specific to. I think that they brought them actually in. into Glenn Tilbrook. Well, I think Glenn Tilbrook is a massive Hendrix fan, and there's stuff in there about about wanting to play that. And there's going to be loads of overlap, yeah. Yeah. Imagine. But uh, no, it, it, worked, it really works as an album. I thought it's a good, as you say, a return to form certainly. Fantastic. And the reason I picked this song is because so many things in the seventies about the culture and about the, the way the world was viewed then are absolutely maligned these days, and they see they seem to be you know just so, sort of out of fashion but also just frowned upon mm. uh, not unlike football violence it's had such a bad press mm. uh, and as it, as it says in the song you know yeah we took a few black eyes <laughs> but believe me it was good to be alive here's Squeeze with The Beautiful Game the game like we always did 
since Popeye dodged a few bad guys. Believe me, it was good to be alive. The tribal path led to the pond. With vigor, the days we had seemed so much bigger, and everyone would point the finger, so we would do the same. To be mesmerized by the beautiful game. With vigor, the days we had seemed so much bigger, and everyone would point the finger, so we would do the same. To be mesmerized by the beautiful game.
in my mirror. Nine, nine. Moons in my mirror. Ten, ten. Moons in my mirror. Eleven, eleven. Moons in my mirror. Twelve, twelve. Oh, fuck that. I was enjoying that. Yeah, that was H. Hawkline. With? Uh, with moons in my mirror. Moons in my mirror. Uh, that's uh, Hugh Evans, according to his mother. But uh, uh-huh. um, and according to anyone else, H. Hawkline, yeah. uh, and that's from the album "In the Pink of Condition," which uh, came out this year. It's in the pink of condition. In the pink. Uh huh. In the pink of condition, uh, came out this year on Heavenly Records. Uh, there oh, you go. Yes. I'll pass it over yeah. to you, Rebel. A lot of pink in there. A lot of pink uh, it's his third album. Pink and Shadows. And uh, he's, he's Welsh, is Hugh Evans. Never. <laughs> Can I interrupt you here? Yeah. Sid Barrett. Is he? Yeah. Mm, yeah it does look a bit Sid Barrett, doesn't he? Is he spelling it H-U-W? He is. Of course he is. Yeah. 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 And uh, on, also on the album, fellow Welshist uh, and no relation of Simon, Kate Le Bon. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with... Uh, yeah, she does some work? stuff with Manix, she does stuff with with, with Reese. Yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. a real feel of, yeah. of Super Fairy Animals about that. Yeah, that's one of the... It doesn't, isn't one of them... I think he's he's one of the, one of the Super Fairy Animals players on these records as well. Oh, I don't know. You might recognise yeah. the name. Uh, actually, yeah, so I'll not, have a look in a minute. I'm not sure. Yeah. They're all on that. Yeah. That's it's a yeah. brilliant album. Absolutely brilliant album. You've got to say, you know, there's some uh, professions, there's some uh, like organisations, and they say, well, they're renowned for the quality. You pick some of these records up, and the quality, the textures of the materials, it's just <laughs> brilliant. You're talking really about the good. sleeve, yeah, the, the, yeah. the, paper, the, the high yeah. quality card used on the paper. But the, the heavy record. Heavy record. It's a very yeah. heavy record. They say it's heavy card, it's obviously an expensive card, but mm. it's textured, all of it's textured. It's gatefold, it's pink. Mm. It's tremendous. It is stuff. It's a, it's a tremendous yeah. thing. Yeah. It's yeah. One, I have to say, one of my favourite albums of the year. Uh, very, yeah. very strong. So we we may be hearing more from that. Oh. Did you mention the label or how you happened upon it? Uh, Heavenly, I, no, Heavenly, we've, we've played quite a lot of stuff from Heavenly, I think, haven't we? Or we we've certainly Heavenly, seen Heavenly, yeah, well, um, Flowered Up were on Heavenly back in the day, St Etienne. Mm. Manic Street Preachers were on Heavenly when they first started out. Oh. Hooten Tennis Club have just signed to Heavenly. Have they? Yeah. Have they? Yeah. They're going to be yeah. big. Yeah. They're going to be very yeah. big. Uh, all kinds of stuff's been on Heavenly over the years. Yeah. yeah. yeah the Rocking so. Birds, you remember them? The Rocking Birds? Rocking Birds. Is yeah. that Ted Chippington's band? I don't know. No, no. Uh, no, no yeah. Yeah. yeah, anyway, very, very good. And before that, of course, I, I wanted to point out that uh, we've, we've listened to Squeeze Who back mm. together and still an octave apart. Oh. <laughs> So a book review next. Um, Unfaithful Music and Disappearing Ink is the new book by Elvis Costello. Uh, his sort of st- Bob Dylan Chronicles, if you like. The story of his life. Uh, a book that I, despite being a massive Costello fanatic, uh, mm. have not read uh, because I'm, I'm, I've asked for Christmas. I want an actual physical book of this. With the uh, CD, because it comes with it can come with a CD. So. Yeah, I don't think there's much on the CD I haven't already no. got. There's like one track from which is pre My Aim Is True or something. Right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I might not. I might get it with the CD. I might not. Yeah. Uh, I might even get the audio book uh, and listen to Elvis reading his own story. But it's been very, very well received. Very, very well reviewed. Pretty much everywhere as as being particularly. Oh, I'll tell you some of the stuff I've read about it, and you can yeah, say on, yeah. whether it, that it's, it's very frank. Uh, you know, and it's very uh, it's interesting stuff about various musical collaborators. Interesting stuff about various um, 
family things, his, yeah. you know, his family history, and particularly his dad, yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of stuff about memory, and yeah. very, obviously people in his family, his dad and his uh, grandmother, both of whom suffered from dementia, and that was the, yeah. the spur that made Costello want to write this book. He wanted Before he his, forgets it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he wanted his, his three sons to read the story of why, what happened in his personal life from mm. his words rather than in some... Uh, posthumous biographer who might yeah. be telling you the reasons why his first marriage broke down or 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 why other relationships broke down yeah but at the same time I get the impression from not having read it that he's not that he's, he said something in one of the interviews I read about where he didn't want to be bringing up stuff that was going to be upsetting to people yeah you know who don't really need these things being brought back up in the public eye 25 30 years later yeah um, so uh, what what do you what did you you've read read the whole thing yeah finished yeah it? absolutely yeah, yeah. And apparently it's six hundred and odd word uh, the pages yeah well, obviously I read it on a Kindle so that didn't yeah. really impact on me yeah uh, but I think I read it within maybe ten days right uh, so it's 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 a it's a page turner uh huh um, and when you think about it when I approach these sort of books particularly from an artist that I'm absolutely obsessed with and I'm yeah. not as obsessed with Costello as you uh, because I abandoned him some some time a. a, a all this useless beauty. Ah, I didn't become as great committed. Album. Great album. Well, that's yeah. it. I missed it completely. <laughs> I missed it completely, but I, but now I realise I missed a hell of a lot more after that. Yeah. Uh, but what I really want when I read a book on music is to really get inside the creative process. I, I'd actually like. I'd, I'd like. I'd like him to take one song that I'm obsessed with. Could be. Could be loads of them, uh, and tell me where he got the first idea from. Where the first chords came from, where all the lyrics came from, how he how he got the musicians together, what what the stu what time the studio opened, what <laughs> coffee they had in the tea, you know where they sat around the rooms, what they said to each other. That that's yeah. I'm obsessed by that, and you know they do that. No, well, <laughs> occasionally, yeah. but he's, he's got a lot of songs to be fair. Yeah. He's only got six hundred ninety odd pages, mm. uh, but there are moments in this when he absolutely does that, and it's mm. so satisfying. Uh, I, I've done a bit of a miscellaneous. Is that it? Mis yeah. A miscellia? You know, Scotch miscellaneous. Yeah. You were like right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, so just the, some of the things that leapt out me, thinking, "Cool, really." Mm. Because uh, the, the song... It's a bit of a spoiler. Is he going to ruin it for no, two right. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> First one, uh, The Angels Want to Wear My Red Shoes. Oh, yes. Good mm -hmm. song. Indeed. A good song, but curiously enough, written in nine minutes on the train coming into Liverpool, I think from Edge Hill Station uh, to Lime Street, it, it entered his head fully formed within that period, and he had the tune, all the words, and probably the chords that he thought, right, that's a good song. And then he had to repeat himself over and over and over again, got to his mum's house, didn't say anything to her, walked straight in, got his guitar, played it so many times he knew he wouldn't forget it. Bang. There's the song. Wow. Nice. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then the pictures are brilliant. His dad and his granddad, I mean, they're so alike. They're so like him. Yeah. And they're all philandering uh, minstrels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crossing the globe, globe doing what philandering minstrels do. <laughs> philandering and minstreling. Just, yeah. just like himself. Um, watching the detectives... It was inspired. Yeah, it was inspired by him working in a in a makeup factory at night. Um, you know, he'd do these long hours, and and when you hear that and a couple of other songs around there, there's a lot of references to fashion type stuff, and yes. so that's the inspiring. But also couple that with spending twenty four hours listening to the Clash's first LP, and you get watching the Detectives. Yeah, uh, Sunday's Best was a nod to Ian Jury and John Cooper Clark's Reader's Wives. Ah, so yeah. he was putting those two yeah. together. Um, 
now this might be too obsessive for yourself, I don't know, but the uh, the synth strings on the American single version of Allison, which you, if you listen to it, you're thinking, God, that's ruined that song. Uh, he insisted on putting that on because he felt that it was too easy for people to like Allison because everyone just liked it. Uh, so he thought, well, put synth strings on, that'll test them. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed it did. <laughs> Clean, clean money. The song okay. "Clean Money" was attempt. He was doing a cheap trick, yeah. a, a basic yeah. ripoff of cheap trick. Mm. The opening guitar line for "Lipstick Vord" was inspired by Tom Petty's "American Girl." Mm. Yeah. Uh, Elvis, right? Slept, slept, slept in the hotel in L.A. where Sam Cooke was shot. Right. This prompted the line: uh, "Somewhere in the distance, I can hear who shot Sam." Yeah. The Tropicana Hotel. Alan Bleasdale. Right, he wrote Tramp the Duck Down with Margaret Thatcher. He sent the first draft to Alan Bleasdale, who rewrote parts and sent back to him, became the finished version. Yeah. That's great stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the, now, you'll hate this one. Uh, the, the song I Thought I'd Write to Juliet, yeah. from the Juliet Letters, was a verbatim transcription of, uh, from a letter from a female soldier who was f- serving in the Gulf, who wrote to Elvis Costello, said, I thought I'd write to you. He changed his name to Juliet, yeah. but the rest of it, more or less, was verbatim transcript from her letter. Still shit. Please yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's but that, I mean, interesting yeah, now. It, but it's that's the stuff in it where you just think, wow, yeah. I, I really want to know that. So that that was fantastic. The the structure of it. And you say good reviews everywhere. I read a review that said it's so frustrating because it's all over the it's place. It's not chronological. Yeah, 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 I love that. Yeah, like Neil Young's waging a hippie piece yeah, yeah. is like that. Yeah. You never get bored because you think, yeah. oh, you never think, oh, God, have we got to go through school now? Well, the, p- the problem yeah. with so many autobiographies is I'm not that interested in your school days. I'm not that interested in your home life. I'm not that interested in, mm-hmm. in, in your family, unless it pertains... You know, the Morrissey one, we've mentioned this before, you're just kind of going, yes, this is all very well, it's very well written, and you're using lots of good words, and, but just get to the fucking bit where you meet Johnny Marley. <laughs> just get to that bit. You know, that's <laughs> oh, we never we never yeah. reviewed that properly, did we? we oh, a, a six hundred page book and about ten pages about the Smiths' career. Yeah. But I thought yeah. I have to say, uh, I know what you, what yeah. you mean, and, and I to a certain extent I agree. But I, I enjoyed the Morrissey book mostly mostly for the way it evoked, I enjoyed it. Agree. Evoked his childhood. Yeah, and it but it could have been a novel. Yeah, but for what it mattered, I mean, it didn't have to be about his. But it, but I think I think there is there are pros and cons. Morrissey was not the best example, but a lot of. Yeah. I read a lot, as we all do. Read a lot of biographies of of musicians, and you and you are just thinking, yeah, okay, so he went to this school, and he did mm. this and this, and yeah, okay, get to the bit where he starts well, making they get records together, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and and he, but he does, and he covers covers that. He describes it like his life went off like a Roman candle, and the it must be frightening when you hit the 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 the, the trajectory of fame that he hit. And I but think we've, we've felt it, haven't we? We have. We've, yeah. had, to, we've, had, to, we've had to put up, haven't we? Yeah. But then he found in that situation, as we've many times, but journalist after journalist. Yeah. Oh. No, but he had, didn't have... We, 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 had, we have management. Yeah, oh. he didn't have a clue what to say. Yeah. Uh, and his persona that he sort of formulated to cope with all this was the snarling, avenging geek, yeah. uh, which I love and spoke yeah. to me dearly. And it was yeah. a grave disappointment to find it was a complete accident. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a coping strategy to get through the next 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that became his trademark. And he does deal very well, I say very well, I've heard at least two different versions of the famous um, uh, insults that he threw, not at Ray Charles, but at yeah, uh, Stephen yeah. Stills, 
yeah. about Ray Charles yeah. that he got absolute hold of the mm. culvert, which he can't still can't remember because he was so drunk. Yeah. But you know, obviously he did, and he admits it and apologizes profusely for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but he does say, which is a new perspective, he said, he said, whilst it was an utter disaster in any scale of imagination, it probably saved his life because the trajectory of where he was going. Just yeah. constant touring and constant, yeah. Yeah. you know, four in the morning, drunken binges next day, you know, that whole schedule. Yeah. Uh, and he checked into a, uh, it wasn't even a, uh, uh, like a clinic, it was sort of a hotel just away from everything after that. And he was just shaking because of the adrenaline high he'd been on for sort of three years. Mm. Uh, so he sort of had to come down from that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a great story about uh, a guy he meets in there. And he's, you know, he's not drinking, but he, he meets this guy who just talks all night. Uh, and so there's a line that comes out of that. That ends up in deep dark, truthful mirror. Right. Uh, but watch out for that one. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. But the the if you like the the the, the emotional body of it is about his dad. Uh, yeah. And and once you're thinking this is a fantastic romp, you know, through his life and it's, there's great stories in there and he's answering a lot of the things about misogyny and and, and Ray Charles and that sort of stuff. There is a, a strand of his father's life, and then when it sort of lands on the emotional cortex, if you like, of the book, is when he's talking about his dad's death. Uh-huh. And that's kind of a whole chapter on its own. And that is perhaps, it, it takes you by surprise because it is so moving uh, and, and could be a climax in itself. Mm. Uh, and, he's, and what was really weird, because it's, it's taking you along, uh, and just as his dad's giving his dying breath, he said a voice came to him they didn't even recognise as his own. It just said, I love you, Daddy. And you're thinking, crikey, this is crap. And I, actually, I thought, sure, the, 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 the book ends there. It doesn't end there, <laughs> and in some respects, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, but then he, he goes on to talk about it's parallels with his recording career, though. Stunned. Then he then he talks about lots of the other people that he worked with, uh, likes of Paul McCartney. He really gives kind of a chapter to a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know, whilst that's that's the bit really, I didn't know much about it. It's almost like I'd, I'd lost him to America. I didn't realize how popular he was up there in a way. Uh, and how he so his, his chat show and all that sort of thing spectacle well. yeah, yeah yeah it's a chat show but you know Saturday Night Live constantly to and over there with the, the, well, the thingy thingy and Sugar Cane and the yeah. imposters so and Sugar Cane. James Burton and all those yeah. really famous music, classic sort of jazz blues R&B yeah. musicians mm. uh, which you'll know tons about uh, I didn't know a lot about uh, I just uh, an album will pop up every now and again and sort of thing it's alright <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and, and in some respect, I mean, one of my, I, I sort of had misgivings uh, in the sense that, you know, that it, it sort of felt like a, like a, 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 a sort of a, a celebrity junket thing going on there with all the, to be fair, I mean, if you're going to be on a junket, be on with Bruce Springsteen or either Franklin and, and Solomon Burke. Fair, yeah. fair enough. But, yeah. you know, uh, it did feel like, and there's the stories about, you know, oh, Aretha went on, oh, how could I possibly follow Aretha and, and Solomon? You think, well... Yeah, but it sounds like Diana Ross might say that. These are quibbles. Yeah. These are quibbles. Uh, and I think what I really didn't know about was his role in the Katrina disaster. Ah, yeah. Uh, because after that, he got together with Alan, T- Alan Tucson. Alan Tucson. Which, bizarrely enough, he was recorded with Yoko Ono. He did uh, the song, uh, not watching the wheels, uh, but he did a song for Yoko Ono, which then he recorded for himself. And they said, well, who do you want the record? He said, yeah. well... Alan Tucson, thinking, yeah. well, I'd never get that, will you? Yeah. Anyway, wheels within wheels, phone call, phone call. Alan Tucson turns up the recording studio, and they become, you know, best of friends. When Katrina happened, Alan Tucson was displaced by the by the flood, uh, and it was then because he, he he legendarily never left uh, New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah, yeah. 
he never left his recording studio was there and he, oh, he had to leave because his recording studio didn't exist anymore uh, yeah. and he was sort of picked up by friends some days later uh, and the elder seller hooked up with him and when they could they returned back there and, re and recorded an album yeah. which then was sold for charity uh, to help with the relief effort yeah i knew nothing about that mm. uh, and it you know it was again quite a moving story and you think well fair play to you elvis uh, and uh, you greatly did that partnership and I saw Alan. I saw them on the opening date of that tour they did together, uh, um, which was kind of a, a, a hybrid of Costello's band, uh, the Imposters, and Alan Toussaint's band. And Alan Toussaint is a New Orleans R and B slash jazz slash soul mm. musician who wrote all of Lee Dorsey's hits and and loads of other hits from in the fifties and sixties. And you know he's got. If if you're in New Orleans and you're a professional musician, you're going to have some shit art musicians in your band. And they were absolutely amazing, and it was at the Picket, which is a much smaller venue, because it was like a little warm-up gig before they, before, they, uh, before they played. It was fantastic, and Alan, uh, as we were recording, Alan Toussaint has unfortunately died today, uh, age 77. So, I guess this next song is, is as much as anything a tribute to him, strangely, uh, on, on, on this sad day. And it's The River in Reverse. to 
Loving with money and superstition They tell you it's all for your own protection Till you feel your own reflection But the times are passing from illumination Like bodies falling from the constellation An uncivil war divides the nation So we'll raise the tape On the final eight Running down creation Running down creation Wake me up Wake me up, wake me up With a slap or a kiss There must be something better than this Wake me up Wake me up with a slap or a kiss There must be something better than Listener, you'll be as conscious as I am uh, that uh, the famous, the, the Infamous. I- iconic feature of this pod- podcast, uh, Rebel Ricketts, that's me, uh, World of Scar, uh, has been absent from, out there. Yeah, it's been ab- absent from this podcast for, I would say, three months. Really, as long yeah. as that? Uh, yeah. Uh, Were you researching then, have you? I'd like to say that, uh, but have frankly... Have the world, yeah. looking for Scar in its yeah. deepest recesses? Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I'm, I've been getting lost. I've not been found finding that scar. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a rich scene that I, that I found... You're unscarred. I'm very much unscarred. Descarred yeah. almost. It's getting that way. So my, my world of scar has become a lonely road. Mm. A lonely road of not scar. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, that's been troubling me. Yeah, troubling yeah. me. Yeah. I've been wandering aimlessly under the burning sun. <laughs> seemingly finding that my world of scar is a lonely road. Until another seemingly barren and lonely day's search. Always searching, you see me. Yeah. I saw a light. Yeah. And I walked towards it. Then I saw a figure beckoning me with a shining jewel case. And that figure was Shalitho Garbanzo. Yeah. And he played in my hand a CD. And he gave me a ticket to Portugal. And he said, There, seek out my brethren. Seek out my brethren to temp- the Temperanos. Oh, yes. And they were there, yeah, and quite literally, I found my mono more. Are you saying they're not from Portugal? <laughs> yes. You told me they're from Portugal. No, Paraguay. 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 Oh, okay. But maybe you found them in, yeah. in Portugal. That's, that's... <laughs> they were on holiday. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and what did they sound like? What? What did they sound like? Like this. <laughs>
It was a great war, the great war, the greatest war there's ever been. It was a war to end all wars. It didn't. That's how it seemed. It was a great war, the great war, with the bodies and the blood, the shell holes, the hell holes, the trenches and the mud. It was a great war, the great war. The last war where no one dared to question the orders no one knew or no one cared. And you stand there with your poppies as a tribute to the ones who gave their lives for nothing, for the fathers and the sons. Then next day you go out and buy your kids' toy guns. Well, go on, and why not? You've got to teach them while they're young. It was a great war, the great war. The greatest war you've ever seen. We killed their side. We killed our side. We killed anybody in between. It was a great war, the great war. Better still than Waterloo. Better yet than Agincourt. Better still than World War Two. It was a great war, the great war. The greatest chance we ever got to die for our country, or if not, then to be shot. And you stand there in your silence, just like we used to do, like you were waiting for their whistle, for their orders to come through. I can't you see you're still doing just what they tell you to? I remember what they did to us; they could do to you in a great war, like the Great War, the greatest war we've ever known. We took simple fields, made them hell on earth, turned a million men to stone, but it was a great. War, the Great War. It was not our duty to survive. We weren't idiots. We were patriots. Come on, boys, keep the myth alive. It was a great war, the Great War. But you led us up the garden path, and still you lead us every year up to the cenotaph. And you stand there, politicians wiping tears from your eyes with the hands that shake the hands of the dictators you supply. Well, I cannot. See the honor, not the glory, not the pride, and I will not wear your poppy, and I will not stand silent by. So uh, it's uh, Remembrance Sunday last weekend. So uh, that was the Great War uh, by Philip Jays uh, from his company, his new compilation. J E A Y S and uh, the website yes. is yeah G, yeah the website is uh, Uh This is a compilation CD that's come out fairly recently called The Widest Walk. The Songs of Philip J's Volume One. Uh, he's done about six or seven albums, I think. Um, he's a kind of um, I've seen him live many times, but a long time ago because he's a friend, funnily enough, of Jeff from Radio KWG, who we who we played. Uh, so back in the old days, I've seen him play in in, in Jeff's garden, yeah. a little impromptu festival type right. gigs, yeah. uh, and also at various spoken word and poetry clubs yeah. and, and things like that. He um, belts it out. He does belt it out. He's he kind of very much in the vein of he does he does a few. I remember him doing some Jack Brown covers. I have yeah, a vague yeah. recollection. Well, I was going to say Scott Walker. Yeah, Scott Walker, Jack Brown. I, I have a vague recollection of sitting in Jeff's garden, quite drunk, and and him playing some Jack Brown covers. 
uh, and, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that kind of thing. Um, Momus as well, I thought he sounds a little bit about, like. He does a bit, yeah, yeah. Mom- and Mom- and what's his name? The guy Jake Thackeray, a little bit, little yeah. bit Jake Thackeray. It's all yeah. kind of that that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, I I've forgotten about this guy because I actually own one track by him. Uh-huh. Uh, well, two now because uh, yep. well, I, I don't suppose I, don't, <laughs> I don't suppose I own it. I've heard. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's got a song called "The Man from Del Monte." He says yes. Have, oh, you, uh, have you heard yeah. that? I don't think I have. No, uh, no. I think it came out and it must have come, uh, a few years ago. Now it was, there was a, a compilation. I think it was for. Um, and a political activist centre in Nottingham or something like that. It was a, right. like a fundraising thing. So he's he's on that. Julian Cope's on that, which is probably why I bought it. Tom Robinson's on it as well. Oh, right, yeah. right. Um, and it's really good. And I hadn't heard that for, for a few years. And I thought, I wonder if I can find some footage of of him performing that. And and I and I did. Yeah. And there's a there's a video. Yeah. And I was the first person on YouTube to watch it. Wow. <laughs> it was the first time I've gone on to uh, a video, apart from ours, obviously, yeah. uh, where it says no views. No views. So that means not even the person who <laughs> put it on YouTube he, he didn't has watched it, it just to check it worked. No. So I thought that was great. And, and it's a great song, so I, I would say check it out. Okay. The Man from Del Monte, he says... Well, this on this CD, um, I was, one thing I remember about, about seeing this guy live is, is that he was quite funny. Uh, on this CD, there's there's um, there's two songs in particular that are very very funny. There's one called Jeff, which is about Jeff from uh, Radio we played K- them on the last G. Uh, sorry, we played them on the last. We part. played them on the line on on Trust the Wizards fifty. Mm. And there's another song in there called Madame, which is a kind of assassination of, of this uh, of this girl who's not very bright. Um, which it, it sound which makes it sound a far more uh, mean song than it actually <laughs> yeah, is. Just a bit. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's a very very funny and very very clever song, as is lots and lots of his stuff. Yeah, very good. And before that, we had all the way from uh, Asuncion, nowhere near Portugal, but Paraguay, Paraguay, Paraguay. The earlies. Is that what Tempranos means? Well, Temprano is, is early, isn't it? So there's is a band called the Earlys, isn't there? Yeah. 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 So the, is it earlies, the earlies, as in I'm working on earlies. You know, it's the early shift. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. 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 Um, interestingly. Uh, do you want to hear my Ascension story? It's not, actually, it's not, it's not much of a story, but it is. Please do. It's, uh, You've been to Ascension. I have been to Ascension, yeah. 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 Uh, it's the first time I took cocaine, was in uh, nice. Ascension, nice. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think it was cocaine. I certainly paid enough money for it to be cocaine. <laughs> um, having never had it before, I don't know what effect What did you do with it? I snorted it. Okay, well, that's a good start. Uh, did it make you feel any different? How did it make you feel? It didn't do anything. Didn't do anything? Not really. Had you been drinking a lot previously? I had, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure it was cocaine. I think I think it might. I would suggest that it was either very weak cocaine <laughs> or uh, just or, broken yeah. up sugar. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was definitely white powder, and it went up my nose. Right, okay, right. right. halfway there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I would and I would imagine again not having been to Paraguay, but I would imagine that on the whole, the cocaine you get there is probably, probably pretty decent. <laughs> uh, uh, pretty decent quality because it is yeah. South America, which where most of it. Grows. Oh, I think they're probably would... quite the better stuff. I suggest you were ripped off. off. Yeah, I think I probably, yeah. I probably was. That was Rocksteady, was it not? Yes, it was Rocksteady, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not technically scar, but it's in, it's in the right ballpark. And yeah. I, I, I found that because, as you well as you know, I am a huge fan of, of um, spaghetti westerns. Mm. And, I'm and also, spaghetti. And, and spaghetti. But, I'm, but particularly spaghetti westerns. I'm a huge fan of spaghetti westerns and I'm a huge fan of reggae versions of spaghetti western themes. Right. Uh, is which, is a, which is a limited um, yes. <laughs> uh, amount. But I have got, I've played a track off it before. I've got a CD called The Big Gun Down which is all, it's not actually reggae versions of spaghetti western themes although it has got a few on it. But mm. it's spaghetti western themed instrumental 
tracks. Do you remember? I am Lee Van Cleef. Die, die, die. That one. Yeah, that is a great song. Yes, it is. Yeah, the whole album's great. So I went off. I've listened to that CD so much. So I went into the internet thinking there must be some other bands out there <laughs> who thought of combining spaghetti western <laughs> themes with reggae. Yeah. And, 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 and it, 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 led, it led me to Paraguay. Kicker's Question Time! We're back with Kicker's Question Time. It's, uh, it's been a while. Yeah. So I'm anticipating you both have gone away and thought long and hard about the two questions that I previously asked. I found one of the answers. Did you? Yeah. Well done, you. I, Too I late to be Googling. I wasn't even looking it, looking for it, and I found one of the answers. Well, Go on. Remind good. us of the questions. Well, I'm surprised you didn't know, actually. But uh, yes, my, my first question was. Uh, what is the partly obscured badge that Bruce Springsteen is wearing on the cover of Born to Run? Well, I was reading an article about the 40th anniversary of of um, of the that album's release, oh, yeah. which was a, a month or so ago, and in it it said that on the front cover of the album he's wearing an, an Elvis Presley badge, uh, and you can't which you can't really see. Mm. Um, but, and then I was reading that and I was thinking, no, I'm sure someone was talking about that. <laughs> and then about and then about three weeks after that, I remembered. Oh, it was fucking kicker's question time. Yeah. That's what it was. That's where I'd heard it before. So, so that's an Elvis Presley fan club. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Is that yeah. one between the two pickups? No, it's behind... behind, it's, it's behind, behind the, the, I think the it's strap. mostly obscured by a guitar strap. Yeah. You can't really see it. But there's some other photos from the same session where you it's can see the badge. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was the first question. So well well done to you, Jerito. Poor. Okay, I, I, I accept that. Uh, the second question, and uh, we'll, we'll, I think I've we'll got some guesses for this. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, we may have to come back back to this one because we'll, we'll play the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question was, which was the first ever single to register both an A side and a B side in a John Peel festive fifty? I can tell you. Well, have you guessed first? Well, the obvious guess would be the four. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Is it the four? No. Okay. Uh, it's uh, not the, Bonnie M. Then I'm thinking of some other <laughs> no, famous. Double A side, famous yeah. double A side tunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm thinking of things like um, "Going Underground," "Dreams of Children." Mm. But I'm it's thinking, not a bad call. Yeah, but I think so. I'm thinking it's probably early '80s. It's earlier than that. Actually. It's 1977. Uh, oh, White Riot in 1977. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah, did you know wrong? God right? save the Queen and, and I don't want to be me. No, yeah, want to be me. Uh, no. uh, Ever fallen in love and. Whatever the B side <laughs> no, uh, Orgasm Addict was the first thing. I mean, you're, you're obviously in the right ceremony and all scratch. No, you're, you're in the right, obviously in the right ballpark. You think you're thinking early punk records, aren't you? Let's come back to that one because I think it would be nice to finish this little section with the song. I'll give you time to think. Just stop googling. Well, just just one point I want to make here mm. that when I put that in first ever single to register the A and B side mm. on a John Peel festival, mm. the first web to come up was ours. How oh, cool is that? Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody else is thinking about it. <laughs> right, so anyway, we'll come back to that in a moment, so hold your horses on that. So I've got two new questions uh, this time round. Um, first question is, uh, and we're, we're kind of in the right area for this, uh, what instrument did New York doll, Sylvain Sylvain, first master? Okay. Well, I think I know that one. Huh? I've read his autobiography as well. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. And since we've been talking about Elvis Costello, uh, it's, here's an Elvis Costello related question. Uh, which Clash song oh, no, this one. has a swipe at Elvis Costello? Ah, no, I don't. 
Okay, so those are the two questions. So first of all, Sylvain, Sylvain, what was the first instrument you learned to play? And secondly, which Clash song has a go at Elvis Costello? And uh, while you're thinking about that, listener, let's go back to our answer. And here is the A-side of a 1977 single from The Lurkers. Shadow, 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 shadow
That was After the Flood uh, by the band Talk Talk, of course, from their final album, um, Laughing Stock, released in 1991. Um, I think that's probably my favourite track on that album, although it's very difficult because it's one of those albums where uh, I think it works as an album rather than a, yeah. a series of tracks. Um, very jazzy in influence. Um, I think it's probably one of their the albums I listen to more than any other. It's often thought of there's there's sort of gone is Mark Hollis at this point has been let off the leash to go and be all creative and do what the hell he likes. But actually, I think if you go back and listen to some of the earlier albums, even uh, the Colour of Spring, I think is is, is you know, it's not pop, is it? He's already lost it. Yeah. Well, he's not lost it, but he's, he's moved away from the sort of the synth yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I think this did end their relationship, did it not, with Polydor? Um, interestingly, something I didn't know until I went back and listened to this and did a little bit of research, all five Talk Talk albums in the top 40. Yeah, that's quite yeah. incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and often seen as the, the birth of post-rock. And well, uh, I, I, yeah. I remember that the, the album before that, Spirit of Eden, I remember, which was the follow-up to Colour of Spring, which had Life's What You Make It, and, mm. and was, whilst not, it wasn't like the first album, but it was still, you know... Songs, song based, yeah. song based, and yeah. and then with this other thing, and there were songs on it, and 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 I, I was working in the record shop the, the morning that came out, and I remember we put it on because we there's lots of talk talk fans, and we put it on, and we were all going, really? Mm. This is this is their new album. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is a bit different. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is really uh, a move away from pop songs, isn't it? But yeah, but, uh, but it's great. I love I love that. And anyway, the reason why we're I playing guess. it, I asked so, you to choose a song from that album I, to play. And the reason is we have some correspondence from regular... Correspondence Corner. Regular listener, Daniel Eldring from Rebel Amsterdam. Rebel Ricketts bag is bulging again. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> regular listener, Daniel Eldring from Amsterdam, has been writing to us. And he says, Hey, Wizards. Hey. All your chat about first albums being the best has got me thinking. <laughs> you know the band Talk Talk? I reckon every one of their albums is better than the previous one. Mm. Not only did they get better, but the albums became more challenging and interesting mm. in a good way. The first one had some decent songs, but crap delivery as they were produced and packaged as yet another crappy 80s synth pop combo or something. Mm. I've got some live bootlegs of those where some of those tracks are performed significantly better, in my opinion. But the band itself also got better and more determined in their vision of how they should sound. So I challenge you, Wizards. Right. This is something for us to think about maybe for the next podcast. Okay. I challenge you, Wizards, to come up with some more bands who got better and better with every album. Mm. Let's set a rule saying that they have to have made at least three albums to qualify. Mm, yeah. Sandinista, Daniel. Nice. That's a good challenge. I like that very much. <laughs> yeah. We're going to play a song next from uh, the Primitive Hearts, who are from Oakland, California, uh, who I first became aware of through FDH Records. Um, which you can find out more about on fdhmusic.com or fdhrecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, they have a, an excellent sampler, uh, FDH slash Suicide Bong, sampler 2014, name your price download, 20 fantastic uh, punky poppy tunes there for your oral delight. Um, Eric from FDH Records. Aural. Pardon? Aural, not oral. It's pronounced oral, isn't it? Aural. Well, I've never heard anyone pronounce it that way. Uh, have you ever heard anyone pronounce it that way? Aural? No, we're talking aural. No, the, but there's... Very much aural, aural they're spelt, pleasure, not they're oral spelt, pleasure. They're spelt they're not having any oral pleasure. No, they're spelt, we want aural pleasure. They're spelt differently, but they're both pronounced the same, those two words. 
I think you need to dif- uh, differentiate. If you're if you're telling people to go to this website for oral pleasure, they're going to be. Can we park that issue? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can move okay. On. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So Eric from FDH Records is very kindly. Uh, I bought some a, a CD which we may well be hearing on the best of two thousand and fourteen mm-hmm. podcasts, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I've been listening to lots and lots of stuff on this label, and it's all. Fantastic. This song is from the High and Tight EP by Primitive Hearts, and this is called Believe Me.
Ever L. Pipkin, uh, done by the band This Heel. And you'll recognise that song, of course. Will we? As a, as a cover version, will you? Nope. Bank faces all around and near. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the sound of Martin Munson Schustrand and his imaginary friends <laughs> covering Man or Astro Man. Yeah, yeah. a Man or Astro Man song with lyrics. Yeah. yeah, really, really. That's heard. why I didn't recognise it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know they had any songs with lyrics apart from little samples of yeah. B movies. There and you stuff. go. Yeah, um, a song about listening to music, of course. Um, I don't know who ever L Pipkin is or was, but uh, perhaps we can get some correspondence I going on that. See if I can find out. Uh, well, I, no, before you do that, actually, if you're going to go onto the interweb, uh, I suggest you go to the uh, the website thisheel.bandcamp.com mm-hmm. uh, which is where you can find this EP this is their second EP called This Heel 2 uh, the first EP was called This Heel um, no number one there yep. have a look at the cover what, can, yep. could you describe the cover there's a man yeah. uh, who's DJing and talking into a microphone there is. Uh, I'm guessing from his attire mm-hmm. and his haircut and mm. his sideburns mm. that he is it's, it's 1970 Four or thereabouts. I think you might be right. That is yeah. that is Martin's dad. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, a pretty cool looking dude. He is a cool looking dude. He's got a little bit of a look. He's kind of looks a bit little cross between Stan Bowles and Johan Naskins. Wow. Yeah. That, those are two cool fellas. Yeah. 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 No, he's got a, he's got a look going on. Yeah. Um, so this is the as I say the band This Hill and actually Martin uh, is also behind the band Dog Paper Submarine, uh, who I'm very fond of. Uh, and he was previously in the band an instrumental trio, funnily enough, uh, rather brilliantly called the Martin Munson Schustrand Trio. Uh, I believe there were three of them in the band, but I'm... I'm <laughs> Can't be sure he's they called Martin Munson Schustrand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at one point the band were called Dirdsaft, uh, which rather pleasingly translates as Dead Lemonade. Um, anyway, all, all this fantastic music is available on a name-your-price basis through either the Dog Paper Submarine Bandcamp page or indeed this here one. And basically, when I say thanks to Martin, he's, he supports us uh, mm-hmm. and shares our posts on Facebook and, and Twitter and uh, seems like a very interesting fella. Well, obviously, a very intelligent, smart fella as well. With good, with good taste in podcasts. So uh, we're finishing off, we're going to play a song. It was recently, I'm pleased to say, uh, recently, uh, I did actually go to Iceland. Like, it, was, it was a bit like the sketch we did at the start. Uh, um, did and you get it, frozen peas? Did, oh, yeah, it was very cold, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the whole of my body was frozen, not just my peas. Yeah. Fish fingers? Uh, yes, indeed, yeah, all of that. Um, but... Um, it was my 10th wedding anniversary, oh, so, so uh, for, first, a, for, a, for a surprise, uh, the first one that, that, first that I'm Bounds. talking about publicly, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. the ones buried under their thing, yeah, look, look, just let's not talk let's about not that. Let's not go into it. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so we went there, and uh, I thought I'd give you a little quiz. Oh. I've got here, I'll show you this in a minute, I've got a CD uh, that we gave to every single person who came to our wedding oh. on the 22nd of October 2005, and it's a CD compilation. And uh, yeah, you can choose a song off there. Yeah. But there's a little actually. Don't look at that yet. There's a little challenge to go with Teaser. it. The little challenge. Uh, on we had obviously musical themed wedding kind of thing in in some ways. Well, and have we all said the, that all the table Mrs. names? Mrs. Garbanzo is is also very musical herself. Yeah, but have on the table names. Oh, on the table about. names, we had we have no. uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tables. Each one was named after a band. So I'd like you to see if you can guess. 
the nine bands we had. The Smiths. The Smiths, yes, very good. Wedding Martins. Present. The House Martins, very good. Wedding Present, no. Uh, no. The Attractions. The Elvis Costello Attractions, very good, yeah. The Clash. Yeah. The Clash, very good, yeah. Got to think Mrs. Delbrand's on, though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not... Massive Attack. No. Porter's Head. No. Where, where are you getting the idea that Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Garbanzo is a massive Crowded fan house. of the Bristol sound? Mrs. Garbanzo does love Crowded House, but no, no, not, they weren't there. Glen Campbell. Proclaimers. Proclaimers, yes, good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Only two people on that table. Yeah. <laughs> both both looking exactly the same. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I've lost track of a little bit of which ones you've not said. but you've... The Beatles. Beatles, yes, very good. The Rolling Stones. No, don't be daft. Sorry. The Who? Um, no. Oh, you wouldn't be allowed that. No, Mrs. Garbanzo hates <laughs> the new. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the Supremes. I'm As to all Garbanzo. women, don't they? All women hate the who. <laughs> yes, I, they do. I think yeah, generally yes, they are really a, the most yeah. male fan-based <laughs> band of any band in the world. Possibly guided by voices. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Susie and the Banshees. No, I think I think well I think the ones you haven't got are Radiohead, yeah. uh, The Cure. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I don't think you said Pixies. No, but other than that, I think you got them all. And there's a reason why I didn't want you to see the CD because some of those bands are, are on here. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is ask, ask it. So yeah. it's your wedding CD. Yes. So there'll be temptation to go for a lot of romantic songs. Mini Riverton, loving you mm. is easy because you're beautiful. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, did the, you the, go for the, that? the idea. I mean, yeah, the, 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 obviously you don't want to be put in. You know, making people Kelly, awkward. that Kelly song. I hate you so much right now. You don't want that. <laughs> you, you don't, don't fucking love me. <laughs> exactly. That would be inappropriate. So yeah, there yeah. are. I did attempt, or we did attempt. Oh, so, to, so combined to, attempt. To ha- right. I think we should play that. Uh, are you happy with that? Another girl, another planet. No. Uh, love song, The Cure. No. Universally speaking, oh, we're going to have to go just through them. Tell oh, just tell them these. Oh, I see. We've got to the end. <laughs> no, I, I think we should play Johnny Mitchell. Uh, no. Let's play <laughs> Nick Cave. Breathless. Clouds like a gambling lamps And I am a breathless over you And the red-breasted robin beats his wings As a throat it trembles when he sings For he is a helpless before you And the happy hood of bluebells bow And the bend of their heads all down A heavy morning dew at the whispering stream at the bubble and brook the fishes leap up to take a look for they are breathless over you still your hands still your heart still your face come shining through and all the morning glows in you still your mind still your soul for still the fire of the love is true And I am a breathless without you The wind 
circles among the trees And it bangs about the new made leaves For it is a breathless without you And the fox chases the rabbit around And the rabbit hides beneath the ground For he is defenseless without you The sky of daytime dies away And all the earthly things they stop to play For we are all breathless without you I listen to my jordering bones And the blood in my veins The wind in my lungs And I am a breathless without you Still your hands And still your heart But still your face comes shining through And all the morning grows anew Still your soul Still your mind But still the fire of love is true And I am a breathless another Japalonia of music and fun from the Trust the Wizards podcast. Do you mean Jalapeno? No, I mean Japalonia. <laughs> okay. Look it up, listener, and I'm sure Kickervels and Shrewd Girls and Banza will do the same. So it only remains for me to say goodnight, listener, from Rebel Ricket yeah. and from Kickervels. Yeah, goodnight. And from Shrewd Girls Adios. Keep listening, listener. <laughs>